Welcome to the Three Martini Lunch. Grab a stool next to Greg Corumbus of Radio America and Jim Garrity of National Review. Three Martinis coming up. Hey, really glad you're with us for the Wednesday edition of the Three Martini Lunch. You can kind of characterize our martinis today as you see fit. Jim, I see them as all bad martinis with the silver lining of, we told you this was going to happen. So we uh, we saw how these things were going to develop. But the problem is, is that these things are still bad and they're still happening. So uh, that's, that's the uh, context for which we're going into today. And it's all... Uh, information coming from the U.S. government. So it's not like the Biden administration can uh, dispute the source here. Uh, Let's start at the border. Uh, They are looking at another very high month of uh, apprehensions at the border. 178,622 individuals attempting to cross the U.S.-Mexico border. That's just a month after they caught 173,348 individuals. That, of course, is only the people that they actually apprehend. There are others, I assume, uh, that actually uh, get past border security. Uh, And so, Jim, uh, this is uh, a number that's been going up quite substantially. Uh, You point out in the morning jolt today that in February is 101,000, January 78,000 and change. I'd be curious to see what it was before the election, I, I, given Biden's promise to not deport anyone in the first hundred days, I'm wondering how many people got a head start before he actually took office. But uh, even if we just look at January, it's up 100,000. That's over 100% increase uh, these past couple of months. And so Biden at his lone press conference this year said this was just a seasonal thing. It happens all the time. Well, it doesn't happen all the time. These are massive numbers. They're not getting better. And uh, when it comes to the kids at the border, we've heard reports that they're kind of shuffling kids around to different centers to make it look like reunification is happening. But uh, this is an ongoing crisis. Kamala Harris doesn't seem to be interested in taking a look at it. And uh, the Biden administration doesn't seem all that urgent to solve it. Yeah. So first of all, Greg, let me observe. I have that information for you right in front of me. Uh, basically from October of 2020 to January, it was in the 70s throughout, you know, 71,000 October, 72,000 November, 74,000 December, 78,000 January, pretty, pretty flat, you know, pretty steady. And by the way, you know, apparently the winter is the easier time to make this uh, journey. If you're going to go through a large stretch of wilderness and desert and places where you're not likely to have a lot of places to stop for water, you're probably going to want to do it in winter and not in the heat of the summer. Uh, the first big jump comes in February, 101,000. That's the first month of the Biden, full month of the Biden administration, 173 in March. And that's where it was like, whoa, okay, because you look at that 101 number in uh, February 2021. I mean, that's high, but we've been more than 100,000 in June 2029, May 2029, April 2029. So it's not unheard of to crack six figures. But this figure of 173,000 in March, that was like the highest in 20 years. That was one of the things that makes you say, whoa, okay, we clearly have not just a wave of migrants coming over the border. We have a much bigger wave of migrants coming over the border than we've usually seen, even when you remember seeing coverage of this back during the Obama years. Well, April topped it, right? And back in March, Biden made his uh, he did his press conference and he offered this thoroughly unconvincing spin that what we were seeing was just part of the routine seasonal change, and this is normal. 
I will make one minute defense of uh, the Biden administration. And you know, like you want to break out the electron microscope for what a small defense I'm going to make here. I did see some folks like Mark Meadows saying, last April, only 17,000 were caught at the border. Yeah, we, we, we really read like the height of the pandemic then. <laughs> yeah, there was, in addition to uh, massive unemployment and businesses shut down, there was also a pandemic going on. So that really was like the lowest point. So I don't know if you necessarily can get a lot from comparing the highly unusual circumstances of April 2020 to 2021. But if you want to look at previous Aprils, in 2019, it was 109,000. Once again, cracking uh, six figures, but not too far beyond it and not close to 200,000 like we're like we're seeing here. And then, you know, previous uh, 2018, April was at 51,000. So what we are seeing here, it was not just a one month blip. It appears to be a sustained change in the amount of migration coming north. It's worth noting these are only the folks of the Customs and Border Protection catch. So obviously there could, could be considerably more. Um, and it's also worth noting that this, the timing of this. Now, even if the Biden administration wants to say, look, we didn't mean to send the signal that the border was open. We didn't mean to tell people that, you know, all of Central America, come on in, you're welcome. We're no longer enforcing immigration laws. Well, look, when you attempt to suspend deportations for 100 days, which the Biden administration tried to do and then got struck down by a judge, when you halt all border fencing construction, whether, you know, the Customs and Border Protection thinks it's a good idea or a bad idea, whether it was halfway done, nope, you couldn't finish it. Um, the deep re changing the priorities for enforcement of immigration and custom enforcement, just the general way that Biden has emphasized we're doing everything different from the way Donald Trump did. Well, unsurprisingly, a lot of people in Central America interpreted that as, hey, we're welcome again. We can come in without any, without any issues. We can come in without any restrictions. And of course, the human smugglers and the coyotes are going to tell people, yes, give us the money and we'll get you across the border. Um, the only way you stop this is if somebody in the administration says, our immigration laws have not changed. It is still illegal to enter the country without permission. If you want to immigrate to the United States, you got to get in line and wait your turn and submit all your information just like everybody else. And Biden will not do this because he, and I suspect a lot of other Democrats, deep down feel like that is mean. They feel like there is something inherently unjust about our immigration laws. And that's why you see Democrats, when it comes to the issues of E-Verify, they're kind of like, eh. And they're at one point, half the Democratic field in, in 2020 cycle was comfortable with decriminalizing illegally entering the country. Deep down, the Democratic Party does, you know, do they all want to abolish ICE? It's very debatable. But I think they, they certainly their hearts aren't in it when it comes to immigration enforcement. And now we see the consequences at the border. Yeah. And what's going to happen to most of them? Are we sending them back? Are we going to send them back? Uh, sounds like if the kids come first, then they uh, figure out a way to reunify them in this country. I mean, the lack of urgency, the lack of any priority on this from uh, anybody high up is uh, is staggering. Mayorkas has made a few trips down to the border, never meets with the press when he does. Harris still hasn't been there. She supposedly has a trip planned to Latin America to deal with the, the root causes. But uh there just is not any urgency on this. We'll see if there's any urgency on our later martinis here today as well. But uh, Jim, while you're waiting for the Biden administration to do something about the crisis at the border, 
You can at least be comfortable with uh, MyPillow products, and you can also include the MyPillow six-piece towel set in that. Uh, regularly $109.99, now on sale massively here at the Three Martini Lunch at $44.98 when you use the promo code martini at MyPillow.com. MyPillow towel sets are made from proprietary technology that is highly absorbent and soft without that lotion you feel. They are made from cotton grown right here in the United States. They're available in a variety of colors. They come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a one-year limited warranty. Each set includes two bath sheets, two hand towels, and one two-pack washcloth. The towels are fantastic. They dry you off so quickly. It's amazing. And uh, I mean, most towels do that, but I feel like the might Pillow towels do it better than any of the others. They're also super soft. Love using them every single day. So go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, enter the promo code MARTINI, or call 800-874-0104. And while you're there, take advantage of the deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bedsheets, the MyPillow Premium Pillows, and the new My Slippers. Get your MyPillow six-piece towel set for only $44.98, but only with our promo code MARTINI. Do it when you call 800-874-0104 or when you visit MyPillow.com today. Jim, our bad martini is not the gas pipeline crisis uh, today. Uh, It's going to be about uh, economic reports for the Biden administration. But we should point out, uh, even though we're not talking about that uh, in depth today, this uh, self-fulfilling prophecy you talked about yesterday where people fear that there's going to be a shortage, so they go out and they fill their tank. I thought that was as far as most of them would go, uh, kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. But there are actually images of people who bought tons of plastic containers, filled them with gas, stuffed them in the back of their car, their SUV. And then my personal favorite, the people filling up plastic bags, whether trash bags or something else, tying them up, throwing them in the back of the car. I can't imagine what could possibly go wrong here. Yeah, also the Department of Energy would like to tell you, don't stick forks into electrical sockets. <laughs> it will not give you superpowers. Uh, it's amazing our society functions sometimes when you see the who inhabits that. But uh, hopefully those are uh, outliers. I really, really hope those are outliers. But anyway, back to our... Uh, Told you so uh, data from the Biden administration today. Uh, Last Friday, of course, we got the shockingly bad jobs report. Uh, Expected nearly a million new jobs. It was 266. A lot of people talking about how it's almost as lucrative, if if not as lucrative, to just uh, keep uh, collecting these uh, unemployment benefits uh, as it is to actually go out and find a job. Uh, Biden says that's not the case. And in fact, earlier this week, he said, if you get offered a suitable job, you've got to take it or you're going to lose your unemployment benefits. But he didn't really say what constituted a suitable job. Nonetheless, Tuesday, the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics reported that the number of job openings across the country had reached 8.1 million. That's the highest that the agency has ever recorded. And so, Jim, uh, Biden keeps talking about the need to create good jobs. We want good jobs to be created. The good news is there are a lot of good jobs available. Uh, Doesn't seem to be enough takers, though. And uh, the fact that uh, we have this problem of people unemployed and people not taking jobs, I'm not sure how we get out of this. Yeah. So look, we kind of knew this from the jobs report, but I feel like this new update from the Bureau of Labor Statistics kind of really puts a a cherry on top, so to speak. You know, it's the highest number of unfilled job openings they've ever recorded, right? So, you know, ironically, just last night, uh, Kamala Harris, the vice president, put out a tweet saying, we need to get this economy moving again. 
okay, well, maybe cut off the unemployment benefits maybe so people will go back to work. We don't really have a problem in creating jobs or at least in creating job opportunities. If you've got more job openings than ever before, something's going right. Usually this would be really good news. The problem for all these businesses is that people aren't walking in through the door. Now, I'm not going to say unemployment insurance is the only issue in this. Um, I'm going to, you know, I think it's pretty safe to say that for a lot of working parents, schools not being back full time and having irregular schedules makes it a lot tougher for them. Daycare centers may not be up to their uh, on their usual schedules yet. I think it's safe to say that the pandemic altered people's habits. They may have changed from uh, one profession to another. A lot of people, you know, uh, worked in the restaurant business, saw everything suddenly collapse and may have decided, you know what, I don't want to work in the restaurant business anymore. Oh, by the way, remember all that hiring that Amazon did at all of its warehouses because everything, everybody was having everything delivered? People who are in those jobs probably aren't, you know, probably used to work in some of these professions and aren't wanting to go back to bars or restaurants or, or things like that. So there are options, there are some other factors out there. But that having been said, this is a big glaring, it is a very weird problem for an administration to have, to have so many businesses all ready to hire people and have nobody walking through the door and taking them. And look, it depends from state to state. You're seeing Republican governors and Republican states start saying, yeah, you know what, we're not going to have these expanded benefits. I ran the numbers, Greg, for, for a, if, if you, um, in Massachusetts, the maximum weekly unemployment benefit amount is $855 per week. Now that's the maximum. Probably a whole bunch of people wouldn't qualify for the maximum. But when you take $855 a week and you divide that by 40 hours, that comes out to 21 bucks and 37 cents an hour. That's a lot better than you can make in a lot of these jobs. So why should people go back to work if the government is willing to pay them to stay home? No, it's a good point because, you know, you add that up uh, before taxes, that's about $3,400 a month. That's a pretty decent take-home pay for for uh, most Americans. And so uh, if that's what you're getting, uh, it's, you're going to need a really, really good offer to to motivate you to change that. But uh, a good motivator is uh, reducing those benefits. I mean, those are emergency benefits. And uh, we're, we're going over a year now on this. And the opportunities for jobs are out there. The COVID numbers are going down. There's really not a good reason to keep going with the status quo a whole lot longer. So, uh, all right. Well, let's talk about uh, another issue, and that is uh, big tech. And if you have ever browsed the internet, you know that Google pays attention to what you search for because it often shows up in ads on the sidebar of uh, different social media sites and anything else you might be on. But uh, you may have uh, perhaps gone into incognito mode at hoping that uh, Google will leave you alone and not harass you with uh, everything you've just been searching for from your plumber to your electrician to gifts for your family. But it's probably not as incognito as you think. And why would it be? Incognito mode, like the Chrome browser itself, is a Google product. And Google has made its fortune by tracking your movements online. There's even a $5 billion class action lawsuit against the company in California where it's accused of secretly collecting user data. Google's defense is, is that incognito does not mean invisible. So how do you actually make yourself as invisible as possible online? With ExpressVPN. I guess, Jim, that uh, the incognito with the little trench coat and glasses there, that uh, you're still out there, but uh, not invisible. Yeah, I also want to point out, I want to thank you for picking an icon that, you know, just basically suggests creepy guy at the playground. But anyway, <laughs> right. it turns out that even in incognito mode, your online activity still gets tracked and data brokers still get to buy and sell your data. And one of those data points is your IP address. Data harvesters use your IP to uniquely identify you and your location. But with ExpressVPN, your connection gets rerouted through an encrypted server and your IP address is masked. 
Remember everyone's telling you wear your mask? Well, this is a way to mask <laughs> your IP address. Every time you connect to ExpressVPN, you get a random IP address shared by many other ExpressVPN customers. That makes it much harder for third parties to identify you or harvest your data. Best of all, ExpressVPN is super easy to use. No matter what device you're on, whether it's a phone or a laptop or a smart TV, all you have to do is tap one button for instant protection. Maybe they should make it Richie incognito mode where you'd get actual good <laughs> protection, but would be a total jerk the rest of the time and make everyone's life miserable. And around. will randomly punch your, uh, oh, sorry, no, he was, was he the bully? It wasn't uh, the guy who punched the G.L. Yeah, Smith. He was bullying the guy in Miami. I don't know what the he guy did. In Miami. Here's the thing, you know, <laughs> ExpressVPN will bully those who are trying to steal your data. Richie Cognito is a former NFL lineman, for those who don't know. Uh, so if you really want to go incognito, not Richie, just incognito, and protect your privacy, secure yourself with the number one rated VPN. Visit expressvpn.com slash martini and get three extra months for free. That's expressvpn.com slash martini, expressvpn.com slash martini. All right, back to the dismal yet I told you so data. Jim, it's amazing how many people have said this. And we did say it during the Obama years as well with the uh, quantitative easing and so forth. That's going to lead to inflation. It didn't lead to as much inflation as we expected uh, about a decade ago. But now with uh, the massive uh, first COVID bill last year and then subsequent follow-up uh, relief bills in the Trump administration, then the massive $2 trillion COVID relief, quote-unquote, bill that the Biden administration has passed, and that's before they get to their uh, other two uh, two trillion dollar uh, pieces of legislation. We've said you can't inject that much extra money into the economy and not expect inflation. Well, guess what? We're getting a lot of inflation. The consumer price index for all urban consumers increased 0.8% in April on a seasonally adjusted basis after rising 0.6% in March. The U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics reported today. Over the last 12 months, the All Items Index increased 4.2% before seasonal adjustment. This is the largest 12-month increase since a 4.9% increase for the period ending September 2008. I think you can remember what was happening there with the financial crisis. The index for uh, used cars and trucks rose 10% even in uh, April. This was the largest one-month increase since the series began in 1953. The index for all items less food and energy rose 0.9% in April, the largest monthly increase since April 1982. And for those who remember the economy in 1982, it wasn't good. Thankfully, the Reagan tax cuts and other policies helped to uh, turn things around fairly soon after that. But, uh, Jim, uh, a lot of folks are making the joke now that, uh, hey, the Bidens went to uh, meet with the Carters last week. Didn't know they were bringing back the Carter economic record. You know, Greg, it, 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 we can chuckle. But like if you think about it, in most of, of the lifetimes of you and I, and I suspect a lot of our listeners, inflation really hasn't been a significant menace to the American economy. It's probably really, you think back to it, it was the late 70s. And so I'm gonna ask Americans to picture what life was like back then if they weren't alive or if you have very fuzzy, vague memories like I do. Uh, for perspective, like back then, Americans were sitting in long lines for gas. Uh, Iran was on the rampage in the Middle East and people thought that the democratic president of the United States was bumbling around and completely in over his head. So really nothing's changed. <laughs> you know where that was going from the beginning. Yeah, but so like, I've been telling people since we had that last uh, uh, bad set of numbers in the consumer price index last month, it was a, it was a sudden jump. And you're like, whoa, okay, maybe, maybe this inflation talk is real. Maybe we've got to worry about this. Let's see if this is a one month blip 
kind of a weird, look, we're in an unusual transition period from a pandemic economy and a, to a non-pandemic economy or a lessened pandemic economy or a pandemic fading away economy. We're not quite out of the woods yet. Um, you're not seeing big crowds in stadiums anymore. Uh, there are probably some people who are still nervous about getting on a plane. We're getting more and more people vaccinated, but we're not quite, it's not quite February 2020 anymore, earlier or, or late 2019. So it's going to take a little while. So maybe some of this is just some noise in the system or, or bumps in the road or something like that. Or maybe this is a bunch of really big sweeping policy changes that came through pretty darn fast at the beginning of this year. And now we're starting to see the effects on this. And um, we, it's ironic we didn't talk about the, uh, I mean, this reference to the gas lines. We didn't really talk about the, uh, the Colonial Pipeline uh, today, but this is the one that's probably closest to it. Um, my colleague, uh, Andrew Stutter, first of all, if you really want to know more about um, inflation, pay attention to the guys at uh, Capital Matters. They, they're, they're much more, sol more solid background in economics than I do. But Andrew at Stutterford, who runs Capital Matters over at National Review, is a, he's got a corner post, and they've been tracking this pretty regularly over the last couple of weeks and months. And they're pretty secure that this, they're pretty sure that, yeah, inflation's back and it may be back for a while. Maybe, maybe this is, you know, again, a short-lived blip and part of this transition. But, it, you know, as I talked yesterday about the gas price issue, these things tend to turn into a self-fulfilling prophecy because as people expect more inflation, they, uh, they, they become more, more worried about spending money, which means uh, store owners, people who are like, oh, oh, goodness, we've got a, a, a you know, we, store owners start seeing their profit margin slow, so they raise prices to make up the margin. It turns into this vicious cycle. It gets really hard to break. The other thing is, is you're probably, it was an interesting argument. I talked a little about this yesterday. Because you don't go, like people know uh, their grocery store bill, like the total at the end, and they know whether, they're, whether that grocery bill is going up and they're buying roughly the same amount of groceries as they did six months ago, a year ago, two years ago, et cetera. Um, but you don't really see a big sign for the price of eggs outside your grocery store, at least not amongst most. Um, you don't necessarily know about real estate prices unless you're shopping for a home or checking on Zillow or something like that. Uh, you're probably only in the market for a new car every couple of years. So you really don't really don't get a sense of what a typical price for something is nearly as much as a gallon of gas. Now, obviously, look, what's going on with the pipeline this week? We're hoping, that's the sound of me knocking on, on wood. We're hoping this is just a, a, a disruption that goes on this week. We hope to get the pipeline working by Friday, I think they said. The oil starts flowing again, you know, and everything goes fine. But people are noticing it when, they're get, when they're, they go to the gas station, the gas station doesn't have anything, any gas left in it, right? And you go by, generally, if you're a commuter, you're passing that same gas station every single day. So you end up with this idea in your head, like the gas, the price of a gallon of gasoline is probably the easiest thing for you to keep track of uh, shifts in price because you go by places that have the price in big numbers by the side of the road almost every single day. And you have to fill up your tank, depending on how often you drive. It might be once every couple of days or once a week or once every two weeks. Or maybe if you don't drive very much, it's only once a month. Or maybe soon you'll only be able to afford filling your tank once a month. But either way, I think that there is a, like, inflate, the numbers indicate inflation is back. And what's more, I think the numbers feed the, the perception that inflation is back, which is going to make inflation worse. It is a vicious cycle. And I have no faith that the Biden administration knows how to, give, knows how to break the cycle. I think the most disappointing thing for me here, Jim, and you broke that down very well, of course, 
is the Biden administration's reaction to all of this uh, is basically there's don't look behind the curtain. Uh, we've got this. We have these policies in place. Uh, and uh, if things are going worse than expected, well, it just means that we need to do what we wanted to do all along even more. And if things are going well, it's, well, it's because our stuff is working. So there's no effort uh, at all to uh, work across the aisle. Uh, there's no effort to uh, even give an honest assessment of where we are on any of these three issues. Uh, it's just smoke screens and talking points. And uh, supposedly from the uh, president who is really going to be straight with you because he's never, ever, ever told a lie is what he told us. Yeah. I mean, it, my, my fear is that what we're going to get from Biden for probably the remainder of his presidency is what we got on the immigrant border issue that we talked about in the first martini. And, you know, whenever you see bad economic numbers, you could always say, oh, this is a temporary blip and next month will be better. But the question is, how many consecutive months are you, does that excuse, you know, fly? And at what point do you start saying, no, no, you're just hoping the problem goes away by itself. You're not actually willing to rethink or reconsider any of the moves you've made and contemplating why, you know, gee, it just seems coincidental that all these problems seem to be cropping up right after your policies went into effect. Gee, what are the odds? I mean, it doesn't mean they're the only reason, but uh, there is a reaction. The market reacts to uh, the way you uh, approach different issues and the Biden administration's policies are just tired old liberal policies with no imagination, no nuance, and certainly no uh, conservative ideas uh, folded in. So buckle up, everybody. This is what happens. This is what happens. So Jim, on that note, I hope tomorrow's better. See you then. See you tomorrow, Greg. Jim Garrity, National Review. I'm Greg Columbus, Radio America. Thanks for being with us today. Please do subscribe to the Three Martini Lunch podcast. Tell your friends about us. Uh, we are also very grateful for your kind reviews and your five-star ratings. Get us on those home devices. All you have to tell them is to play Three Martini Lunch podcast. Follow us on Twitter also. He's at Jim Garrity. I'm at Dateline underscore DC. Have a great Wednesday, and please join us again on Thursday for the next Three Martini Lunch. We are living in difficult times where people fear having thought-provoking conversations about pressing issues. And although we're in the midst of an information explosion, there are a lot of forces aiming to distort what's true. I created The Bill Walton Show to provide a forum for in-depth, thought-provoking conversations with leaders, artists, entrepreneurs, and thinkers. Please join me at thebillwaltonshow.com to explore what's true, what's right, and what's next.